often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slap box. Slap box. Welcome to the Slapbox Podcast. This is episode 476. I'm your host, Josh Albrecht, sitting once again inside the Slapbox penthouse. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. The marble tile. The golden toilet. <laughs> you know, the whole nine. The everything. Uh, at least that's what I have written on paper there's going to be. Because, you know, that Powerball just keeps going up. I think I've found the answer, though, of why I haven't won Powerball or what I need, per se, to finally get myself over the edge to where I can make all the penthouse dreams come to fruition, you know. Uh, I need to find a Zoltar machine. Not just any Zoltar machine, because if you go online, which... Uh, it just occurred to me to, to talk about this now. I will find Zoltar, because you can buy Zoltar. If you're, if you're not familiar with a Zoltar machine, is the classic Tom Hanks feature big. If you haven't seen it, there's something wrong. But uh, in the movie, of course, big, Tom Hanks starts out as a young feller, a 13-year-old, I believe. I th- think he's 13. And it plays the character Joshua Baskin. And uh, I remember as a child loving that. I mean, the movie came out in the 80s. I was uh, rather young when it came out. But uh, there wasn't a whole lot of characters named Josh in film at the time. So it was pretty awesome to have the lead. And Tom Hanks. I fucking love Tom Hanks. So when that came out, I was like, fuck yeah. But anyway, <laughs> Joshua Baskin starts out. He's 13. Doesn't, uh, of course, he's too short to ride uh, the roller coaster that uh, the girl of his affection uh, is about to ride on, and he gets humiliated. So he makes a wish on a Zoltar machine to make him big, and he turns into Tom Hanks, about a 30-year-old Tom Hanks. I find that's what I need. I need to find the Zoltar machine and go wish on it. To win that Powerball. I don't know how that's going to work. <laughs> I uh, You can buy these Zoltar machines. Now, they're not quite like Big. In the movie Big, they actually created a prop specifically for the movie. The regular Zoltar machines were nothing like uh, what you see in uh, Penny Marshall's Big. Because the, uh, the movie, I mean, it's got... Uh, these rails where you slide the quarter the quarter you put in the machine slides down on these rails and you aim it to shoot it into Zoltar's mouth. Like that was specifically for the movie. And uh, there were several features, the cranks and stuff, of course, to position the rails to line up to make your shot with the quarter. That's all, that's all for the movie. These uh, fortune teller machines that you can get are quite a bit different. Let's see if I got get some audio here. Of uh, there's a Zoltar machine here, and it's got that talks a lot. And the the movie just had stuff behind them. It breathed, and it had. It was free. It was creepy, way more creepy. Well, these are kind of creepy. There we go. Putting the quarter in the Zoltar. The great Zoltar here with a word of wisdom for your fortunes. Remember, it is a great deal better to do all the things you think you should than to spend the rest of your life wishing you had. No, do not be leaving this place with regrets. Leave it up, my friend, and start by giving Zoltar more coins for more wisdom, no? I need more coins. Ticket came out, says Zoltar speaks. I don't think I'll be buying one of those. The the price tag, even for the cheaper ones, is uh I'd go nostalgic. It's got the classic more colors that are kind of like on big, but the nostalgic, let's see, I think it's like eight or nine thousand dollars. Oh, ten ten point five ten thousand five hundred for the nostalgic. 
And uh, it's, again, not quite like the one in Big. Somebody has the uh, the one in Big somewhere. And it's, it's pretty pricey. Of course, one of the questions uh, for... Uh, <laughs> Google here is, is the Zoltar machine real? It's sort of real. There was Zoltar machines around, but they weren't, they weren't like they were in the movie. I'm going to look at the one in the movie here, the preview of this. This is, uh, this is when Joshua Baskin, young Joshua Baskin, goes to make a wish. And I'm getting a commercial. Damn it. I wish I still had YouTube Premium. That might be the first thing I would would be to get if uh, I should ever win that damn Powerball. There you go. He's looking at it. Drop twenty five cents here. Yeah, that that Zoltar looks so much better than one you can buy. It looks so old and ancient compared to the other ones. Come on. This looks like something you'd find on the Silk Road. Trading for your goods. There you go. Zoltar's opening. His mouth opens and closes as he's breathing. Tells you to insert the coin. Moving the cranks. Getting the rail to line up. I don't know why there's two cranks. Because there's only one way you can move the rail. There's only one rail. Yet there's a left and a right Make crank. You're moving it from side to side. There should only be one crank. <laughs> he wishes he's big. You press the button, the coin comes down the rail. Uh, so great. Even if it didn't work, I'd want a Zoltar machine just like it was in the movie. I'm sure somebody could rig, rig it up. It's gonna probably cost me more than ten thousand five hundred dollars. I, I would. I'm just gonna assume there. Oh, such so, such a good, good movie. But uh, anyway, the so yeah, I'm gonna if I ever want to find, or if I ever want to win. Gonna have to make a wish on that Zoltar machine. Zoltar, make it happen for me. Make it happen. This penthouse needs that golden toilet. And maybe a bidet. And um, preferably, you know, shit, you know what? It'd be great not just having the golden toilet with a bidet. But one of the real nice bidets, you know what I'm saying? Have the uh, the hot water valve going to it. So you can also get the, uh, you know, hot water shot up your ass instead of just some cold water stream. I want that hot water, hot water right up the the poop chute. My brown eye needs it. It needs a little warmth, especially on like a cold, cold day. You know, and I, I get shit real bad. I just want some warmth, warmth inside there. Heat it back up. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that. I, I really don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, tomorrow, I should be going to see with uh, Shelley the uh, Sopranos prequel movie, uh, Many Saints, The Many Saints of Newark. Not sure where we're going to see it at, at this moment. It may be here in Washington, the Washmo, or... Maybe over in Wildwood at the B&B uh, Wildwood Theater there. Or uh, one, something of that nature. Maybe go to Ronnie's. 20 Cine, Cinema over there uh, off of Lindbergh. Haven't been there. I mean, I haven't been to any theater since 2019. So <laughs> I think the last B&B theater I went to was actually in the Wentzville location. Not the Wildwood. 
I could be wrong in that. I know I've been to the uh, Wentzville one once, which was nice, but I feel like the Wildwood B&B Theater is a better experience. That is like my favorite theater somewhat close to me <laughs> of all the ones that I've been to. I mean, I'd be down for checking some other ones out. I know there's, uh, but again, I've shit nowadays. I don't know if uh, a whole lot of them are even open anymore, considering the uh, state of things at post or during pandemic, whatever way you want to look at that. Shit's been tough. Uh, maybe they need, also need a Zoltar machine. Although, uh, it can be dangerous. I mean, in the movie Big, they make the uh, wish on the Zoltar machine, and he realizes, oh, you know what, maybe I don't want to be big. When he starts having sex with Elizabeth Perkins, well, uh, I think up until the point he started having sex with Elizabeth Perkins, things were going great, and had his buddy gone, you know what, hey, here, here's the Zoltar machine, and probably just not thought much of it. All right, I'll make the wish. We'll go back to normal. Not a big deal. Then he starts fucking around with Elizabeth Perkins. And uh, he's like, ooh, I'm really liking this. I'm getting some feelings here. But I am also a 13-year-old boy stuck in a 30-year-old man's body. <laughs> uh, I don't know what brought him back. I mean, he had a great job. Great job. He's killing it at the job. And I feel like, he, you know, as soon as he got serious in the relationship, he's not killing the job anymore so much. You see the, uh, at the end, they're having the meeting and uh, the pitch meeting for the comic book. And he's not, he's just not in it as much as he was. He doesn't seem like a 13-year-old boy anymore. And John Hurd is calling him out on it. It's, it's like, had he, had he just not gotten his dick wet? As a 13-year-old, maybe it would have worked out better for him. But uh, it's it, it really threw him for a loop. And then he had to... <laughs> that really had to fuck with Elizabeth Perkins. She was like, man, I, I swear I'm not a pedophile. As I'm sure what she was thinking. And just like, what, what the fuck, I'm fucking a 13-year-old. But he's, he, he's definitely not 13-looking. You know, he made a wish on a Zoltar machine. Uh, I want. I wonder what happened. And say, okay, he's thirteen. There, five years. In five years, when he turned eighteen, did he keep her number? You know, I want to know what happened after those five years when he came of age. And when he went to back to his friend, was he like, you know, how could he just be like a normal kid at that point, a 13-year-old? I mean, he's had this really awesome job making some major bank in New York City. And he's getting some some very nice company there with Elizabeth Perkins. And... Uh, <laughs> I'm assuming they're having quite a bit of sex. It doesn't show them going, you know, hardcore at it, but I'm assuming that they at least had sex a couple of times. I'm not sure exactly on the timeline on Big. Initially, he had told his mother when he was supposed to be the kidnapper that it was only going to be like six weeks or something like that because that's what the, uh, I don't know, department of whatever they went to did tell them where the Zoltar machine was going to be, that he had to wait six weeks or something like that to find out <laughs> where the Zoltar machine was going to be. But uh, I guess it was around that amount of time before he went and made the wish again. Six weeks seems like an awful fast or short amount of time to be able to... Uh, go from a data analyst there in the computer uh, department there, the <laughs> and then work your way up to a vice president position in toys and just uh, completely give up the fact that you're a 13-year-old 
Uh, he makes a very, very quick turn. I don't get me wrong. I love the movie Big, but I'm just I don't know. I just all of a sudden I'm just analyzing it way too much now. As I'm, the point is like in the end, it turns out like he thought you know being in thirties not not too great, not not too great. Uh, from going from thirteen to thirty. Now I'd take that now, and I don't think I'd learn any lesson as Tom Hanks did on the Colbert Report. Or not the Colbert Report, but the Late Show, Stephen Colbert. He was on there a couple of years ago, and they did a bit where uh, Stephen was Zoltar, and Tom Hanks tries to make a a wish to make himself thirty again. And that uh, you know, and and Stephen tries to convince him that well, you know, you learned. The first time that was wrong, the the heartwarming lesson that <laughs> it's best not to wish that. But then Tom Hanks made the argument. But yeah, that was when I was younger. <laughs> anyway, usually in these movies or these tales where people make wishes, you know, it's like there's a trade off. You don't just get the prize. There's you have to pay in other ways. Usually it's, you know, bad, like, say, when you find a monkey's paw. That's always a real bad one <laughs> when you make a wish on a monkey's paw, which is, seems kind of fucked up anyway. I mean, this dismembered paw of a monkey, you know? Why would you wish on that? It seems like bad mojo to begin with. It's like a lucky rabbit's foot. Like, how is that lucky for you? It sure as shit wasn't lucky for the rabbit. <laughs> and then you die it. Why why is why would you do that? This is strange. This is very strange. But but yeah, I uh <laughs> digress yet again to big. Um I am looking forward to seeing the Sopranos movie. As uh I I uh Shelley and I both were uh, pretty big into Sopranos. And uh, I I went quite a while before I finally saw the last season, though, because I had stopped getting HBO before they put out the last season and then went several years without seeing it, unfortunately. But uh, when it first aired up until the last season, I was watching, you know, every day it aired, I'd be like, fuck yeah, watching The Sopranos. <laughs> For some reason, I just had to pop back into my head. There's an episode where... Uh, Christopher is uh, his girlfriend, Adriana. Uh, She is, I guess, trying to become a music producer. (laughs) And uh, they get, (laughs) she's working with this band. She, I don't know about being a producer so much as maybe a manager. She's like got this faith in this band. And they're doing this song where it's like meow, meow, like doing a bunch of meows. And it's terrible in there. But it's also kind of reminiscent of the Presidents of the United States of America song, Kitty, which is a great fucking song. But the song that this band plays in the Sopranos episodes is fucking terrible. And uh, I remember correctly, it's been a long time since I've watched the Sopranos, but I feel like Christopher kicked the shit out of at least one of the members of the band. I think he tried to make them do coke <laughs> so they would make them do drugs to try to make them better i there was something of that nature I, d- I don't fully recall but damn that that show was so good and uh james gandolfini was fantastic as tony soprano i mean the whole cast just good shit uh but uh it's really weird seeing his son as him because and he fucking looks like his dad. It's kind of creepy. And I do like the uh, cast in The Many Saints of Newark. I'm a fan of Ray Liotta, of course. I mean, Goodfellas. My whole life, all I ever wanted to be was a gangster. That famous line he delivers is Hank Hill, beginning of Goodfellas. And uh, Johnny Bernthal, Mr. John Bernthal, that... Uh, Pop in my peas here, played a perfect <laughs> uh, Punisher. I thought his performance as a Punisher was great. 
on the Netflix series Punisher, and of course it started out in the Daredevil Netflix series, as well as he was also Shane in The Walking Dead. He he did a very good job of being a very unlikable character. I I you know <laughs> I enjoyed hating Shane, um, but uh, in his love triangle between Rick and uh, Rick's wife, I forgot her name at the moment, but John Bernthal. Good stuff. Good stuff. Ray Liotta. And uh, who the hell else is in that? There's. I feel like I'm hoping there's going to be some of the original cast kind of making cameos in there, maybe as other characters. I don't know. I don't. I, I feel like there's probably going to be. Of course, David Chase, the original creator, is involved in it. Um, John Bernthal. Vera Farmiga. She, <laughs> I love Vera Farmiga, but it's kind of funny that she's, again, playing a crazy mother. She's Has she typecast after the Bates Motel after that? It's, is this going to be every character for her now? She's going to be the insane mother. Got to say, though... Uh, yeah, that's going to be a weird scene for Vera Farmiga as uh, Tony's mom because in uh, <laughs> the original series, uh, the actress that played his mother, I do, sorry, I do not recall her name, but she was, she was fucking good. And she died during the uh, filming of that series. But uh, it was like the, the most horrific, like this is, Nightmare mother scenario. This is like uh, what you would imagine in any kind of nightmare scenario, like a of a mother. It would be Tony Soprano's mother. <laughs> it's he was either going to be you know Nancy Marchand played uh, Olivia Soprano originally. She was good, but Vera Farmiga. The rest of the ones I saw in there weren't. Uh, and see a whole lot of other like big names I was real familiar with there, but uh, it will it'll be exciting. Hopefully, we do go see that tomorrow because I would like to see something else again at the theater. As I haven't ventured out to the movie theater, which I've always loved the movie theater. I haven't been out there since 2019, December 2019. So it's been a fucking minute. It's like the longest span of time I've probably gone in my entire life without seeing a fucking movie. Definitely in my adult life. Childhood? I don't know. There might have been (laughs) a couple years in the beginning. I don't know what age I was when my mother first took me to a movie. But I would imagine it was... You know, I was only a couple of years old at the most. I know that uh, I'm pretty sure I went and saw Return of the Jedi as a kid where I was only a couple of years old. So you'd have to go back to the beginning of me to find a time that I've gone such a long span without seeing a film in the theater. There's just something that's sitting in there and having that awesome fucking sound system the massive screen in the darkness sitting in the darkness and getting to just be fully encompassed in a movie and hopefully I get a little Red Bull in me so I don't doze off as uh, also now you know of course you get the reclining seats which I don't know how I sat through thousands and thousands of movies before reclining seats were a thing in theaters. I am so grateful that uh, that is now a huge thing in most theaters around here, at least. That uh, it just sucks to watch it not in, in a seat like that. I'm too old to be sitting in a seat that doesn't recline, watching a movie for three hours, and then uh, becoming a cripple is not really a pleasant time for me (laughs) whatever we go and see it if we do it's definitely going to be in a reclining seat uh, theater there Um, on another note 
Shelly has uh, got me a little bit of a birthday present there. <laughs> There's uh, the band Tool, which I've been talking about for a long time this last, I don't know, year or so. Because uh, I've been a Tool fan for since about the late 90s, I guess. 97, I guess, is when I first really got into them. Uh, Shelly, of course, got me into the Tool as we went and saw Lollapalooza 97 together with a few other people. Then uh, he uh, turned, he's like, you got to get into Tool. And I, I listened to Tool, I think, just like the night before going to Lollapalooza 97. Shelly had this apartment in downtown Washmo. It was above like a car dealership or something. And uh, we uh, we got, I remember him making some spaghetti and stuff, and we we listened to Enema. I don't remember if he had Undertale at that point in time, but I know I was, I guess I maybe heard him a little bit. I'm sure I did because I grew up listening to The Point, and they've always been in rotation on The Point. So I'm sure I, I'd heard them, but I just was, wasn't 100% sure. Like, I'm sure I'd heard Sober at least before. But then Lollapalooza 97, and seeing them for that, I mean, that was, that was the beginning. Was, uh, I've, every time I've gone to Tool, has been with Shelly. There's been, as of right now, four times. But Tool, uh, the point I'm getting to is Tool is coming back to St. Louis in March. 18th, which is the day after St. Pat's, my birthday, and the 10th anniversary of this podcast, which I totally uh, (laughs) neglected to think about that. It is the 10th anniversary of this podcast, which is pretty awesome. That, uh, I guess. (laughs) I've been rambling nonsense into a microphone for 10 years now. Anyway. Anyway. Um, so yeah, it's pretty awesome. The day after, uh, St. Pat's there going to see a tool show, Shelly was able to snag some tickets. Um, I was checking in to buy in it, but, uh, I was messaging him about it cause, uh, he had said the prices of some, there were some cheaper tickets and I, by the time I got on there, there were not <laughs> any cheaper tickets. And he messaged me like, don't, don't order any. I'm like, all right. I didn't, because apparently he did. And in the note, he gets back, which I wonder if they do this for every concert or by chance it was just a tool put in that you got to do this. It seems very tool. When he, when he uh, got the tickets, it says, Benjamin, get ready for tool. Uh, it shows a picture of where the seats are, too. It's back at the Enterprise Center where, of course, the uh, Blues play there. And uh, I think this will make the... This will make the... Fi- this I know this will make the fifth concert we've seen of Tool together. And I believe this is the third time we'll have seen it at the Enterprise Center. I know the last time in 2019 was at the Enterprise Center because that... It was a little hard to forget the timing of that because it just so happened to be when the St. Louis Blues were in the Stanley Cup Finals against the Boston Bruins and they were away in Boston while Tool was performing there at the Enterprise Center and uh, the Blues won that night. They didn't win the full series it was only a, a couple of games into the series, but they won. It was just like a, the crowd there was cheered the Blues. It was like a, not too long before Tool took the stage. But it was pretty exciting being there. I couldn't afford to go see a Blues game in the finals there, in the Stanley Cup finals. So, Although I guess it wouldn't have been that different than paying for those concert tickets. Those concert tickets aren't cheap. Hell, the uh, Shelly was messaging me that uh, just the to pay for parking now near the uh, Enterprise Center is like thirty bucks. So we'll uh, we'll do what we generally do and just uh, 
drive up to the Shrewsbury Metrolink station, hop on that. I can't. Im- I would imagine you know Metrolink's probably had to raise their prices too, but it's still not going to be thirty dollars. <laughs> and I'll save a little bit on gas as well. So whatever I pay to ride that train cannot. It's probably not going to be more than the the gas I would pay to drive up to the uh, Enterprise Center and, you know, sit in traffic for a long time because there's a fuck ton of people going to the concert. But it'll be exciting. It'll be exciting. I imagine I'll take a couple of days off that uh, that week. I was going to potentially run a 50K race, which would be like the day after that, either that day or the day after. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to pass on that and do a race maybe in April because it's going to be a tough <laughs> to go to a concert and then all of a sudden have to run a 50K race in the fucking morning or however that would work. Uh, that seems, yeah, not like a great idea. But March is looking kind of exciting, kind of exciting. And... uh I guess that could be considered like a 10-year anniversary thing. We should do some shit, you know, and thinking about it. Like, fuck, I definitely can't do that race because <laughs> there's got to be something. Got to try to bring back some uh, old guests or something. I don't know. Bring back Trebejo for the uh, the 10-year. 10 years. That's really only a couple of months away. Oh, well, five months. We got a little bit of time. I wonder if Adam Jones is going to release his guitar yet, which is by that point, which is why I've been talking about Tool so much lately. I've been playing more of it on guitar. I was hoping at some point in time this month <laughs> he would release uh, some kind of info when we could potentially see that guitar, but uh, I feel like it could be like 10 years from now the way they like to do shit because it's kind of how Tool does things. With uh, at least with their album releases, but uh, yeah, as uh, I do have a few more things to look forward to before then to keep my uh, self preoccupied. I guess I know the uh, Book of Boba Fett is going to be released on Disney Plus. I want to say December twenty ninth. 28th, 29th, something along those lines. So if I can just hold out for two months, <laughs> I'll get to see some uh, some fucking, some more Star Wars live action. Which will be great. I'm not even having any Star Wars. I don't even get any uh, Star Wars anime at the moment. As uh, Well, sort of. I got a little bit. A little tease with the Star Wars Visions where they had uh, uh, Japanese anime do some shorts and I've seen all but like two of them. They're very, very short shorts. There's like nine episodes. I've gotten through seven, I believe. But, uh, but yeah, that, And I've uh, another thing I do have to look forward to. I got Call of Duty Vanguard, although I don't know how I feel about this. I already did buy the damn thing. Kind of regret already buying it. <laughs> it comes out beginning of November. So I've got right at a month. COD, Call of Duty that is, has gotten so ridiculous with the fucking cheating. I love the games. And I feel like if everybody was doing everything on the up and up, not cheating, I could really destroy on there. I know when the Call of Duty uh, Black Ops Cold War came out, I was uh, I was pretty fucking good at it. <laughs> I was really fucking good. Then again, you know, people hadn't played it that much. Could be a part of the factor. But holy hell... <laughs> It seems like most people now are running aimbots and doing the wall hacks. And a big thing I've seen is just people doing speed cheats where you can reload faster, your fire rate and your reloads are so much faster. Like insanely faster. And it's really annoying. (laughs) That I can, and 
I can still do good, like good-ish when I'm playing against like some hackers as long as the hackers doesn't show some competency. Like, cause the, even hackers still have to put in some effort to like completely dominate. <laughs> you can still sneak up on them from time to time. You can, you know, do some shit unless they're just running every fucking cheat in the book, which I don't know how that could be any fun whatsoever. But, uh, other than you're just pissing everybody off. But the goddamn, that fucking game is ridiculous. There's even, uh, you know, when you get the battle pass, now Call of Duty, that's one of the way they continue one of the ways they continue to make money, which I'd like that better than the damn loot boxes. <laughs> loot boxes were fucking ridiculous. But they have the uh, battle pass where you can unlock stuff by grinding your way out. And of course, if you cheat, you can fucking grind through and Complete your battle class like it's no big deal. But there's one of the later things in this latest battle pass, the Season 5 battle pass in uh, Black Ops, is the hacked console charm that hangs from your gun. It is a legendary charm that uh, you enter some cheats with the hacked uh, hacked console charm. It's this hacked... The video game console that hangs from your gun. It's like, well, could you possibly <laughs> cater more to these cheaters and just like, yeah, here you go. We're just even going to give you a charm, you fuckers, because this is the only people that really fucking play the game anymore. But uh, Vanguard, again, still, they're supposed to be creating this new anti-cheat thing that's going to make make it to where it's just impossible, according to Activision, just impossible to cheat, which I doubt it. <laughs> I feel like it might work for a couple of weeks. But the people are making so much money off cheating. I was like, ugh. It's sad. Sad. Every time I watch now, like, a, a YouTuber, too, that's, like, really good at Call of Duty, I have to wonder, are they using some of the harder-to-detect cheats? Are they really that good? Are they Lance Armstrong yet? Do they have Jose Canseco shooting in the ass with steroids at the moment? (laughs) Or are they really, like, you know, the GOAT? Is that the Michael Jordan of Warzone? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. It could be the Lance Armstrong. Could be. Or the Jose Canseco. They could end up having their twin brother fight for them at a Las Vegas celebrity tournament and say it's them. They might do that. Might do that. And, you know, they could be selling trips to go find Bigfoot in a camper. They hang out in a camper and find Bigfoot. You know. Like Jose Canseco did. (laughs) Just to clarify, Jose Canseco did that. He was... It was like three or four thousand dollars, something like that. You give Jose Canseco three grand or something like that, and he'll. And he was at one point. I heard he was going to do it again, but I know there's at least one time he was giving people the opportunity to hang out with one of the the Bash brothers. I think they were called the Bash brothers, Tim McGuire, right? Something like that. But uh, <laughs> you give him a couple of grand. You can go hunt. You can go squatching with Canseco. That should just be a reality show right there. Squatching with Canseco. Which comes back to think of uh, last week when I was going through down the true crime rabbit hole. Whereas, uh, uh, spoiler alert, at the time I record this, fortunately, Brian Laundry still not found. Although, I got a. F- I've known of at least two friends off the top of my head. That look a lot like Brian Laundry. Pretty sure they're not. But uh, Muffin Man, one of them. He's got he's got the he's a little too heavy for at the moment for uh, Brian Laundry. And you know if you really look, you can probably see some gray. See the he's he's a bit older, a bit older. He's not twenty three anymore. Uh, at twenty three, well, if Muffin Man would have shaved his head, he had hair then. He may have looked a, little, a, a lot more like Brian Laundry, but right now he's got the, the laundry look. He's white, he's got a beard, and he's bald. So, I mean, that's that's all you need. 
I was actually running with my uh, friend Rich <laughs> the other day. Rich, I think, would be hard to mistake for Brian Laundry since Rich is, I believe, in his 50s at this point, early 50s. And uh, he's he's a he's a big dude. Rich has got some guns. I feel like he could rip Brian Laundry's head off. <laughs> but he is bald and he's a white guy. So I was like, we were running on Fifth Street here in Washington, and uh, some girl at the bar, she was on her phone. She's like, "I'm not taking pictures of you guys." I was like, "It's not Brian Laundry." <laughs> don't don't turn us into the FBI. Uh, but, uh, dogs on the case now. They got dog, the bounty hunter. So any moment, any moment now, right? I mean, of course, a reality TV star is going to be what turns the tide. I would imagine, of course, although it does seem the dog does have some experience before doing the show of bounty hunting. It's, I mean, I'm still a little apprehensive to believe that, dog as it has already come out that he's trying to shop another reality show that you know he's gonna find him but you know he has released information that maybe the FBI knew maybe they didn't of the uh it was Laundry's family right after Brian Laundry came back from Wyoming made it back to Florida uh after Gabby was dead no one knew this at this point. One would assume Brian already knew, but, uh, you know, possibly knew. <laughs> I wouldn't get myself in trouble. I doubt the Laundry family is going to listen to this, especially Brian, but maybe you never know. Maybe he's been a fan for a long time. Doubt it. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> so after he got back, and he went on a camping trip with his parents, which the neighbors had said, I guess early on, interviews with one of the neighbors, they'd said that they'd seen the family leave with the camper and Brian to go on a camping trip. But uh, nothing really much came of that. There wasn't a whole lot of talk about that. And then Dog, I guess, researched it and found at this camping site there in Florida that, sure as shit, you know, that uh, the mother had paid for camping there and that they had it appeared that they had gone there to camp and uh, because of that information getting out by dog which again the FBI might have known about that already not sure they're not really giving any details about what they know but the fact that that was publicized did make other witnesses come forward that were there at the campsite where the laundries were that said, oh, hey, shit, we were in the campsite next to them. And there's people that have apparently have drone footage of that that week that they were there and have turned that over to the FBI and have not released any of the footage to the public, just the FBI apparently. So I don't, I don't know. Who knows? Dog could could find this guy. He could, possibly. It's possible, but it, I've, I've, it's just so crazy to me. It would be so insane if he did, and like the FBI would just look like complete fucking incompetent idiots at this point if Dog comes in and just fucking takes this guy down. The FBI has spent, the last I read, which was like several days ago, I don't think it was quite a week ago, but it was several days ago, I read that they had spent $1.2 million already on the search for Brian Laundrie. And they were spending roughly around $200,000 a day. A lot of that is going towards like the dive team and stuff to go through the swamp. And so far, at least they haven't announced any to the public. They haven't found shit. <clears throat> but, uh, again, if the, the family, though, they find out that the uh, family has lied to law enforcement to help Brian escape uh, capture, then they are liable to uh, pay for the search, which uh, I've seen their house. It's okay. 
Uh, I imagine pricing for real estate in Florida is a lot higher than it is here. I can't imagine <laughs> that house costing $1.2 million. I could be wrong. At this point, it's probably more like one and a half mil or like almost two. Either way, I'm thinking they probably don't have that money. <laughs> I'm sure what happens there. I don't know if you go to jail for a little long, I, while. Uh, I know the Casey Anthony, f- from what I recall, um, of course, she was found innocent of of murder. Um, I believe they somehow found that she accidentally, I guess, killed her daughter and then hid it. And it was the hiding it, the death, and lying to law enforcement. They got her into some real trouble. The fact, well, they charged her for the search for her daughter. I don't remember how much money that was. But uh, I believe most of that was kind of taken care of for the amount of time that she had already served in prison waiting for her trial to get over with all that because she was incarcerated during that period. So maybe, I don't know, maybe something happens with that, with the laundry family. Maybe they have to serve some jail time. And I, I don't know how that would work with just the parents because apparently now the sister has been caught lying at least to the public, maybe not the FBI. Maybe she was honest to the FBI. But in an interview, his sister had claimed that she had not spoken to Brian since he returned home to Florida after after the disappearance of Gabby, which it has come out now that she was at the camping trip with Brian and her their parents. And the laundry family lawyer has come forward after somebody, I guess, connected the dots that she was there. The lawyer has said, yeah, yeah she was there, <laughs> has confirmed that. So, yeah, I don't know how, I guess maybe she didn't talk to him when they were in, they just, just kind of sat there next to each other, camping in that small very tiny camper. They're just hanging out. Nothing to talk about. Hey, how's that Gabby doing, huh? She's something else. Can't wait to till she's part of the family. No, you didn't you didn't even say that, huh? You didn't ask Oh hey, where's Gabby? No. Huh. <laughs> Maybe they just like to have silence when they camp. And you know what we need? We need to go on a long drive and spend several days. Out on a campground where we just stare out into the wilderness. Stare at the waves. <laughs> Very likely, right? Yeah, but maybe she misunderstood the question, like the lawyer said. She misunderstood the question. I don't know. I've still been going down a little bit of rabbit hole with the stuff. I'm, I haven't gone completely crazy with like constantly looking over like uh, Brian Laundry's like Instagram or anything like that. I quit doing that. <laughs> but I've been watching several YouTubers. I did come across one. Oh shit! I've already blocked the guy. Um. Damn it! Now I gotta. F- <laughs> now I gotta find. Uh. uh Jimmy Crow Magnum was texting me apparently but uh unrelated that's why i was kind of laughing uh there was a youtuber and tiktoker uh that uh has gotten a little bit of trouble because he's done some awful videos about the uh uh about he's been doing shit ah god damn it Do 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 do. No, no, no. Petite, no, Gabby. He was uh, making fake videos, basically, about Brian Laundry and stuff. If if you follow the case at all, there was, I guess, um, there was a video where it's they had claimed that uh. <coughs> Brian Laundrie had gone live for a couple of seconds on Instagram. And it was this video where it's a boat that was like he mistakenly 
went online um <clears throat> to uh like yeah, he mistakenly turned on his Instagram live and then it showed water and a boat. There was a camo croc in the picture. And this YouTuber I'm trying to find Fake news, maybe. Fake news. Uh, Well, I'm going to find this guy. It was something shit. Uh, I think it's already too far back in my history and my YouTube. Um... YouTuber, ba, ba, ba. there is, damn it, there's just too many YouTubers doing videos on Gabby Petito. Um, you know what, I bet if I looked up the fake, because like, I, I already blocked the dude from like showing up in my YouTube feed. So now I'm like, uh, it was another... Uh, YouTube show that I was watching that actually drew my attention. I'd watch his videos kept showing up in my feed and I watched some of them and I was like, I wasn't too great about it and really pay attention to a whole lot of the stuff. But this guy <laughs> made this fake video, which, uh, that video that claimed that it was on Brian Laundry's Instagram live was faked. He grabbed it from another video of somebody else unrelated. Apparently they were at least in Florida. Um, you see it, the full video, which is a very short video that you see him catching a fish, bringing it on board the boat. And then, uh, but there's, uh, people have like really latched on to, uh, that video. And I guess one of Gabby's friends had, uh, camel, camo crocs that look like this um as uh <clears throat> and the, they've all these internet sleuths have gone over uh damn it there's <laughs> just so much stuff when you um I'm not finding uh Uh, maybe if I just look up is Brian Laundry Instagram Live, but this guy, God damn it, I can't remember. <clears throat> Daily dot. This is not a real. <laughs> the they're I think they're. Uh, that's not a real deal. Just show me the. Uh, Show me the jackass that put it out. The, uh, yeah, see, they're, they're, I think, saying this. Joseph Morris, that's the guy. This guy's been making all kinds of fucking fake uh, shit. Not only did he put this out, but he's made videos where it showed that uh, it was like Gabby's corpse and stuff. And, like, obviously I'm not... Um, Opposed to like making money off of like true crime and stuff on uh, YouTube because like I'm I'm not making any money off this, <laughs> but I'm talking about it. I listened to a lot of podcasts. It was a uh, Popcorn World, I think, is the podcast I listened to that brought my attention to this guy. He's <laughs> he's gotten a fuck ton of videos. He's really making a getting a lot of clicks and shit off TikTok, especially off this stuff, putting out these fake videos. And I've seen interviews with him where people are criticizing him over and he's just laughing about it. It's like, fuck, dude. At least make it, a, you know, obvious that, that it's, you know, if you can make a sketch or a parody or something, that's one thing. But to sell it as a fact is, a, is another. It's kind of yeah, disgusting. And, you know, girls' parents and shit can watch this stuff. And, uh... <laughs> He's actually had to take down a lot of the videos of the stuff where apparently there's a video where it looked like it was Gabby's corpse and everything. Uh, they made him take that down and I guess a few others. 
But uh, yeah, that's kind of dickish. Kind of dickish. Uh, and knowing that people put out fake information like that too, it's like just muddies up any chance at trying to find like real tips and real information. And people are going to like, I'm sure call up the uh, tip line and everything with this stuff. Like, Oh yeah, this is, this is what happened. This is my tip. Like uh, clearly it's not any real information, (laughs) but uh, (laughs) yeah, it's, it's disheartening, disheartening. Um, and (laughs) that text that, Jimmy Cro-Magnon sent me. It was he's laughing because uh, I uh, I sent him a picture. I was bitching about Call of Duty and earlier on this podcast about uh, the hacked console charm that you get on the battle pass, which is one of the things you unlock later. That's clearly, clearly going like, yeah, it's because motherfuckers are cheating. Let's 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 give it to them. <laughs> Like you fuckers, he's laughing about it. Like, uh, it's, it's so sad. It's so sad because the game is fucking enter- entertaining when, when it's a fair, fair and even playing field. You know, sure, of course, there's gonna be better players on there, but then, uh, but when you can blatantly tell they're cheating, like man, it's frustrating, beyond frustrating. And I, I don't know how I can keep going back and forth between like a serious murder investigation into playing Call of Duty, but that's just the way my mind works. And I did get a text message. Uh, other than that, though, uh, I feel like there was more I had to talk about. Uh, yeah, but it's it's gone. As uh, I don't know why I'm so tired at this moment. I've already had two days off of work. <laughs> uh, two days out of a four-day weekend. And uh, I had planned, I was like, you know, I'm going to do a bunch of stuff. Like, productive stuff. I haven't done jack shit. <laughs> I ran today, like, three miles. That was about the most of uh, anything kind of productive I might have done. Other than that, I've been playing Call of Duty, and that's been driving me mad because all those damn cheaters. Though I did finally get to purchase uh, Modern Warfare as it was half off. I think until... Oh, it might have been through today. Maybe it's maybe it's Monday or Tuesday or something. The, the last day where they have that half off. It's half off of the PlayStation Network and like uh, Blizzard.net or whatever, Battle.net, whatever the fuck. The PC. I've got it on PC. <laughs> yeah, Battle.net, I guess. And... uh I finally got to play that. I'm enjoying the campaign mode, but uh, there's not a whole lot of action. I like the cutscenes and stuff, though. And it doesn't seem like there's as many cheaters currently on Modern Warfare than there is Black Ops Cold War. Right now, that is just inundated. (laughs) But I think the reason why it's so bad this week is because they got the double points on the uh, battle pass and all the cheaters want to finish out their battle passes to get all their shit. They got to make sure to get that hacked console charm so they can show to everybody that they're cheating. There you go. Like I'm in, I'm in the club. I got my hacked console cause I'm a scumbag. <laughs> uh, not that I'm bitter or anything. Man, some of these people too, these cheats, like the better cheats, the ones that are harder to detect, I think they cost like $150. So you're going to drop like $60 on a game for just the standard game. If you want a little bit more, you know, you're going to pay upwards to 100 and then drop another 150 on this game and possibly get banned. Like you better be like streaming on YouTube or Twitch and making some money off if you're dropping that much just to play a fucking game and cheat. Like that's that's kind of ridiculous if you ask me. But a lot of people do it. A lot of people do it. Which is very evident. Any fucking lobby you go into on COD. <laughs> Except for Modern Warfare, although the games that I was playing, I'm sure there's still 
cheaters on Modern Warfare in her as well. They just don't get the uh, extra experience points right now on Modern Warfare for that battle pass. They're just getting regular points. So I guess it's not as advantageous to jump over there at the moment. Vanguard better fix this stuff, man. I'm hoping to use that MP40 and stick it up the asses of those bastards that have been cheating and uh, go to town. Much like they did in one of my favorite Tarantino flicks, Inglorious Bastards, where I believe it was Eli Roth that put a full clip from an MP40 into Adolf Hitler. Although I'm pretty sure nobody can play as Adolf Hitler. It would be pretty awesome to go and do that to Adolf Hitler. It'd be really awesome. And I would think, once upon a time, I would think that would not be a controversial statement except for a very small set of people. But I feel like that's a very, that group of people that's going to be upset about me saying that is growing by a lot every day. So I maybe should watch that. You know, don't want to offend Nazis. Um, I think I think I got uh I think I'm pretty good here now though. Um I don't uh hopefully uh I do see that movie in the theater. If not, maybe I'll just go hang out at the Muffin Man's watch it there. Uh, they, it is on HBO. Uh we can just watch it from home. But I prefer to go see it in the movie. I really would like to see it in the theater. I am planning on running like, I don't know, 12 to 14 miles in the morning, so I got that to look forward to. <laughs> I'm real enthused there. Real enthused. Uh, I think it's supposed to rain, too. Um, But, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's really all I got. So, as always, that is a kid in a wheelchair, not a trash can.